Project Excite Sessions, where innovation, technology, and entrepreneurship meet the brightest minds, leaders, and innovators in Colorado, our university ecosystem, and beyond. Okay, welcome back to Project Excite Sessions, our uh, podcast where we interview entrepreneurs and technologists who are uh, from across Colorado. Uh, I am Nina Sharma. I'm the Managing Director of Project Excite, and I'm here with Liz Iraqi. Uh, good morning, everyone. Liz is the Director of Corporate and Industry Engagement here at DU. Uh, and our special guest today is Michelle Ostrander. Did I say that right? It's Ostrander. Ostrander. Michelle right. Ostrander. <laughs> My apologies. Who is the CEO of RevoGrow. Welcome. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks for, she came all the way down from Fort Collins this morning. Um, so we really appreciate you being here. Um, I'd love to start just with, well, I guess I'll start with how we got connected. Because I think that's just a it's a good Colorado story of how we got connected. Um, but then I would love to hear more about Revergrow and, and how it came to be and yeah. and all of that. So tell us how you how came you and to I be here yes today yes exactly <laughs> yeah absolutely I I've been on this networking um, stream where I just keep connecting with people. But recently I was at a dinner. Um, that was sponsored by the McKinsey Group. They're a, a high-level consulting group. And they somehow I was invited to this dinner and sat next to uh, J.B. Holston, so the Dean of Computer Science. He's the Dean of the Engineering and Computer Science Engineering, School. Yeah. He happens to be also the reason that Liz and I work at DU. Yes. Um, which is <laughs> awesome, and he is just like the world's greatest connector and the most enthusiastic human on the planet. Yeah, it was so great to meet him and sit next to him at dinner. It was just our whole table had such lively conversations and I met a lot of really wonderful people that night, but um, JB definitely stood out. So JB is also famous for his Jeffersonian style dinners where he likes to ask thought questions and see, you know, what everyone's responses to them are. So I imagine he prodded you with some interesting questions. Do you remember some of that conversation or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There was, there was one actually that um, stuck out in my mind, but just as being, he asked me about uh, being a female entrepreneur and some of the challenges that I've experienced with that or have I ever felt any perceived um, I don't know glass ceiling or like challenges just by being a female and you know I, I, I keep thinking about it and wishing I'd answered it differently but um, it stuck in my mind just because there has been you know subtle things but it's very subtle about being a female entrepreneur and and this is the second company that I've started so I don't know if I'd be considered a, a serial entrepreneur yet but Two is is counts. Up there. Yeah, I mean, counts. you're getting there. Yeah, I think two counts. <laughs> yeah, I think most men would call themselves serial ca- uh, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs after two. two so yeah. I think you should own that. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> Although I always think of serial killer when I hear that word. So I know. I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of serial <laughs> entrepreneur myself, actually, because <laughs> a lot of people that self-proclaim that usually they've had a lot of you know failures. A lot of failures. Yeah. That's okay. It's not a serial <laughs> also okay. success story. It's serial <laughs> entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah. You know how yeah. to pick yourself back up. Yeah, so um, that was a great experience, and he connected me to someone with uh, Big Green, uh, which is the nonprofit yeah. side of the kitchen. I don't know if you're familiar yep, with that. Definitely. Who yesterday connected me to? Um, I met with. Um, was that Kate Waller that he connected? Yes, you to? yeah, yep. Kate Waller, and then other folks at CU, and it's just been one after another um, building relationships. So I've been very fortunate. That is awesome. Level. Okay, so now we now we know that what you do has to do with food. Yes. Um, so why don't you tell us all about Revergrow, how it came to be, what your 
what you're doing with it, what your role yeah. is there. Yeah. So Revogrow is basically an online farmer's market. So where people can buy and sell local food, and then we handle the logistics and delivery of that. So um, yeah, it's, it's all online. It's basically a platform where we work with both chefs um, at restaurants, as well as catering companies um, and farmers, ranchers, cottage foods producers. And we basically facilitate those connections and um, help people buy and sell food through our online marketplace. That's so, awesome. How long have you guys been around? We started this two years ago uh, and just launched the most recent version of RevoGrow in October. So we're pretty new, but um, it's it's quickly taking off. So we're happy about that. So was the goal or what was the impetus for starting this company? I think it's a really cool idea. I think it's probably something that people didn't even know they needed and then they realized they definitely needed it. Yeah. Um, but what inspired you to start this company? Yeah, so after college, I actually... Um, I mentioned my first business was an organic farm and landscaping company called Soul Mountain. So I started that business right after college, almost by accident, but um, we inherited some land and started an organic farm, um, built a greenhouse, and we were living in a very rural area within um, an hour's drive to the nearest grocery store. So which would be considered a food desert, basically, mm -hmm. is what they call that. And so I started a farmer's market and a CSA program. Uh, CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. And uh, basically, you get a farm share of weekly basket of goodies each week from directly from the farm. So it was really that experience of, of running that business, which is still operating. My, um, my friends still run it, but I, I left to start this next company. And um, yeah, it was that experience of running that business where there are challenges, there aren't technical solutions or basically a software solutions to really help facilitate that industry and, and that business model. So I wanted to build solutions for small farmers and food producers to help manage their buyers and really connect with their both wholesale and retail and facilitate the logistics and really kind of supercharge the industry to help um, help make that a, a viable business option. So do you, I have so many questions. Yeah. I don't know where to start. Um, <laughs> I guess my first question is, do you connect, is it just local farmers um, or farmers within a certain radius with different restaurants or are you trying to connect people across like different states or across the country? Yeah, so it's a little bit of both, to be honest. Uh, our model includes uh, is very hyper local, and so we uh, we connect people within a certain range, um, within twenty miles or so. Oh, so really local. Yeah, so very local in um, in different areas, and so. But then we also offer capabilities for some of our vendors to do shipping nationwide. So, um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be local. Like our uh, our solution is really to have delivery, lo local last mile delivery within a community, and then, but also provide access to the broader market, a food marketplace for these smaller food producers, so. That's really cool. So are you guys trying to focus more on the, making sure the, the farmers and the food producers get their product out, or is this about sustainability, or is it all kind of mushed in together? Yeah, I, I think it's, I, I think sustainability is a huge aspect because uh, so 
Agriculture on a global scale accounts for nearly a third of all greenhouse gas emissions, so food production. And the reason for that is because we're shipping products all over the world. We're importing um, garlic from China and uh, tomatoes from other areas and all over the world, just different products. And, and some of that is necessary, but a lot of things can be grown locally and more sustainably. So uh, a big aspect of that is the transportation. Um, so I think sustainability and community and building um, uh, you know, vibrant local food systems is, is definitely part of the goal and healthy economies through that. Um, and then what was the other aspect? That you uh, was it about, about making sure farmers are profitable? Yes. Well, that's the other thing is yeah. that, you know, in my first business, we, we wouldn't have made it by just farming alone. That's why we did landscaping was where we made most of our money. Um, because it's extremely difficult to, uh, to just barely get by with farming unless you're on a certain scale. And a lot of farmers, even now, it, it's crazy, but it's true that a lot of farmers, especially dairy farmers, uh, lose money every year and are increasingly losing money. Hmm. Um, so really finding, and I think, you know, there's embedded systems that create that and cause that. Um, so our solution is really finding a direct-to-consumer model that will really work for people, and that's our goal. It also occurs to me, too, there's the other side of it. So I love when entrepreneurship spurs more entrepreneurship. And just thinking through this, mm -hmm. um, have you seen an increase in restaurant proprietors or grocery stores? I feel like maybe when people feel like there's a connection to a supply, it could also create some new business. Is that happening yeah. yet? Yeah, and it's actually really exciting to watch. Um, in Fort Collins, we have a new um, a new butcher coming into town with a butcher shop, and we have bakers that are popping up. And um, we even have several of the vendors on our platform are new businesses. They call them cottage foods producers. So that's basically that they um, are or they are operating out of a home kitchen. And they just have to have certain labeling, but until they can grow and get into a commercial kitchen space, there's um, they can still legally produce certain types of food and sell them at farmers markets and direct to consumer. And so we're helping facilitate them get to new markets, and they're they're just just starting out. And it's really exciting to watch a lot of food companies really getting off the ground. So that's really awesome. Yeah. So what what are what's your role with it? You're the CEO, is that right? Yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what's your day-to-day? -day? My day-to-day? -day, well, um, right now I'm building relationships with, our, um, with both vendors and customers. So a lot of meetings and I get to actually go out to a lot of these farms and hold baby goats and oh so cool yeah it's a great it's, job it's for a good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. that's the joy of it for me is definitely building relationships and and meeting um food producers hearing their story and i want to help them tell their story to other people so there's that um there's a lot of back-end stuff you know it's always paperwork people processes and and things um to set up and my co-founder justin i have to give him credit because He's absolutely brilliant. And so obviously I don't have the technology background, but he um, is absolutely brilliant with helping us build this pl this new platform mm -hmm. that was um, definitely a challenge to build. And uh, he has 20 years experience with, um, with technology and um, 
coding and um, producing. So, yeah. So is it a web-based platform? Is it a mobile app? How do how does a, a restaurant tap into this or how does a farmer get their or a producer get their product up on it? Yeah, it's a web-based platform right now. Uh, the original idea was for a mobile app, but we, uh, and that's potentially in the works right now, but um, the, you know, there's costs with that and we have to evaluate and really prove our model first as we, as we start to grow. And yeah, so right now it's on, um, it's a web platform that's also what they call progressive web app. So you can still, it still looks and feels and operates um, as a, um, yeah, that feels like an app, but it's not actually but available in the app store. Got it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So how do you see this growing? That was not a joke, but it was a really bad one. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, I'm, I'm sure you <laughs> Referencing JV, actually. I know. JV is that. a master of the dad joke, and I feel like I've sort of adopted that a little bit. Um, so how do you, is it is it currently just Colorado? And where, where are, do you guys have goals to expand throughout the rest of the Midwest or throughout the country? Or Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're mostly in northern Colorado right now, but we onboarded vendors in Denver and uh, hopefully Colorado Springs this past week. So yeah, it's exciting that we'll be growing and the model is really based on scalability and that's our goal is to be able to apply this anywhere. And we're able to do that because our overhead costs are fairly low. So we don't actually buy product and we don't store it in warehouses. We don't have trucks. So really the we we're able to apply this anywhere. So technically anyone in the country right now could sign up and use it, but we're really focusing on nailing down our model here in Colorado and and building those relationships here as well as marketing before we expand to other areas. So if you guys don't have trucks, how, how are you handling that logistics piece of getting product to, to restaurant or to whomever? Uh huh. Yeah. So we contract drivers and the farmers or ranchers or food producers mm-hmm. can deliver their products if they want to. One of the main problems is that a lot of uh, businesses will do free delivery and just to get the business, but it really affects their, their bottom line if they're not charging for it. And uh, I can say that firsthand because I would do that, drive all over the place delivering products at no extra cost or charge. And spend so much money in gas and time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, uh, time, yes, and gas, yeah. and. Uh, so our model is a decentralized uh, logistics system. It, you can kind of think of it as an Uber model. Where So we've built technology where um, once you sign up as a driver, you can accept orders. And yeah, it, um, yeah it, it's basically we contract drivers, and so we don't actually own those trucks. And mm-hmm. we do background checks on them. Um, and if there was the case where we needed refrigerated vehicles, we would contact somebody who needed to have a refrigerated truck to do those deliveries. That's but awesome. it helps uh, a lot of also with businesses that have trucks that are underutilized. They could use our system to deliver other products as well and, and really maximize their capacity. That's really awesome. cool. So cool. I think we're like I know. absolutely I'm like, amazed oh, by all this. <laughs> so... You're up in Fort Collins. Um, do you feel, I mean, the Colorado community, I, I think we all feel is very collaborative. Do you feel like you're getting all the resources that you need to grow your business? Have you thought about doing accelerators or do you feel like you're just able to lock and load and grow kind of on your own? Yeah, that's a great question. And the Fort Collins community has been very supportive and 
uh, we just had Fort Collins Startup Week yeah. two weeks ago. And so uh, Justin and I did a panel session for the future of food. And there is a very good community of startups. The, the nice thing is that it's a fairly niche community. So we all know each other fairly well, um, founders of different startups. There are some challenges though, I'd say, you know, it's much smaller than being in the Denver area and, um, or in Boulder. And so it's very niche, which has pros and cons. Um, as far as accelerators and incubators go, we've, we actually did uh, a program with Y Combinator for their online startup school. Awesome. So we were in their first batch, their pilot program for mm-hmm. online startup school, which was a great experience. We connected with thousands of entrepreneurs all over the planet. and But we were combined into small little groups with leaders and we had weekly office hours and really we formed some relationships out of that that um, I'm sure will continue to be helpful for each other. And so that was a very easy, no cost way to um, connect into a somewhat low key version of an incubator or, or a accelerator. And yeah, I there there's always opportunities for that i've recently met the uh the director of the TechStars program farm to fork program in minneapolis and he um i'm 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 going to apply i don't know if we'll actually go through with that one because we'd have to move to minneapolis but it's an exciting opportunity and i'm just always trying to keep my eyes open and for as long as it's in the summer you'd be fine moving to minneapolis yeah, it is in the summer. So yeah, and I've never been there. So it it's great. Be, it it's kind fun. of like Denver, but without the mountains. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually a very cool city. Nice. Awesome. Well, I think that we are kind of out of time. We just talked and talked and talked, which is awesome. Um, thank you so much for being here and chatting and good luck with everything. And the, however Excite can help you and connect you to folks um, in Colorado or in the Denver area, we are more than happy to do so. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I look forward to continuing these relationships and um you know if there's anyone who listens to this that wants to reach out we're always looking to you know chat and have ways for people to get involved through internships or um volunteer opportunities or even that could turn into potential job opportunities as we grow so Very cool. yeah awesome. thank you so much thank yeah you. this was great yeah. thanks so much Project Excite Sessions is recorded on the University of Denver campus and is produced with our partner Tech Studios at the Cable Center. To learn more about Project Excite and to listen to all of our episodes of Excite Sessions, visit projectexcite.org.